Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Dave and Jack will bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today. Visit their website at www.technologyexpresso.com. There you will find their broadcast with guests from all across the technology spectrum, their social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso fast, hot, and intense. And hello and good evening, good afternoon to our Technology Expresso listeners. This is Jacqueline Sanders um, coming to you live and hosting this evening's show, but checking in with us and uh, I will say our remote uh, correspondent, David Blackman. Hello, David. Hello, Jacqueline. Welcome, everyone. You know, we have a lot going on. There's a lot going on in STEM, so sometimes we have to divide and conquer, and tonight is one of those times. And I also want to acknowledge we don't do it alone. We could not do it without a great support team, and it just so happens tonight we have the whole support team on the phone, um, and we're actually going to be interviewing one of those people on our team. Um, but, but first of all, let me start with you, David, and then I'll tell the audience about some of the other people that are on the phone with us this, e- this evening and also our very special guest that we're going to be interviewing. So, David, why don't you share some of your updates and, and some of the things that you've been doing as we keep up with STEM? Well, as you know, everyone, uh, Jacqueline and I are uh, members of BDPA uh, National Organization, Black Data Professionals Association. And actually, I am on my way to the Atlanta Chapters uh, session on race in IT. So this is, it it starts in a little while here. So this is going to be informative empowering with just a little dose of humility as well. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to cover about the next hour and a half. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's being uh, put together by our own uh, BDPA Atlanta president, Mr. Derek Brown. So I'm sure he'll be there along with a host of other uh, Atlanta chapter members and some new ones as well. So I'm really looking forward to that, Jacqueline. Excellent, excellent. Well, do enjoy and 
while those uh, while you're with those of our supporters in the Atlanta area at the Polygon, which is at Atlantic Station in downtown Atlanta, um, we'll also be tweeting the event. So um, stay tuned if you're not able to physically be at the uh, event tonight, hosted by Atlanta BDPA. We'll be uh, tweeting with Derek Brown, and uh, I'm just looking real quick here. The hashtag for tonight's event is BDPA Race NIT. So BDPA Race NIT. Um, and let's talk about uh, BDPA, the national level. We are partnered with them, and we help host their social media. And so, so excited about some of the campaigns that you've seen recently and some of the exciting things that BDPA is doing nationally. They are actually changing their brand. So you're now going to start seeing the blue and white and blue and gray logo and branding. And you'll also see the new reference instead of black data processors is black digital professionals um, associates. So look for that. They're big splash with that. And part of that is part of their 40-year celebration. And in conjunction with that, only for the month of June, if you've ever been a member of BDPA, and your membership is now due, you can renew it in June for free. So you want to go to BDPA.org, take advantage of it. We're already halfway through the month, so time is running out. Make sure you take advantage of renewing your membership this month only for free, complimentary. Get back involved, get back engaged, look at all the exciting new things. Lastly, I want to also let you know that in the month of June only, that they are um, the National Conference, which is held in Washington, D.C., August 18th through the 22nd, regularly costs $1,000, which in and of itself isn't bad for a national conference with workshops and job fairs and um, technology expos and all the networking um, and even social events that go on there. But they are reducing it for the month of June to $400. So, again, go to the website, bdpa.org. The uh, code word for the membership is June only. That's for the free renewal is June only. For the $400 for the national conference, the code word is 40% for 40 years. And you can find all of that if you follow us on Twitter and follow our handle because we're changing and evolving too. Um, you'll see our new Twitter handle at Tech Expresso LLC. That's Tech Expresso. And remember, Expresso is with the X, E X P R E S S O L L C. And you'll see how we'll keep you informed about what's going on in STEM, which also transitions me to, you'll notice that we're doing weekly updates, our urban, our urban STEM connection, and Dawn Majors, also known as D-Mage, so uh, we'll, we'll refer to her as D-Mage after that, that's her code name, um, <laughs> um, D-Mage gives you weekly updates on what's going on in STEM. We're excited that there's a lot of different activities, events, and programs, and we know that it's hard to keep up with. So let us do the tracking and keeping up with it and the dates and the deadlines and the specials, and we'll keep you informed both through our radio 
If you're not a social media type person, you always have one click away. Just go to um, our this F, to our archives of our radio show. And all of this, I'll wrap this up so we can hurry up and get to our special guest. All of this is now available on our full functional website, thanks to not only my co-host, but also web designer, David Blackman. Go to technologyexpresso.com, and now you'll see our new slash front page portal so that you can get to all of our social media just in one click. Just go to technologyexpresso.com. So we've been busy, and um, thanks again to the support, David Blackman and D-Mage. Um, they are they're part of the, the, the team, um, and, and Dave, my, my co-host, um, and also partner in crime and, and partner on many levels, and also co-founder of Technology Expresso. But let me talk about another team member, and that is Anissa Mohammed. And I am so excited to have her as a guest on our show. Um, a lot of the uh, designs, the posters, the postings you see on Technology Expresso, if you see the quick quotes that come across um, from our different archive shows and the people we've had in the spotlight, that is thanks to Anissa. So first of all, I want to welcome you, Anissa, to the show. How are you? Thank you, Jacqueline. I'm good. Well, great. And and tell our audience, where are you calling in from, Anissa? Montgomery, Alabama. Woohoo! <laughs> well, and you know, I want to let our audience know that again, thanks to the power of social media, networking, connections, you all have often heard me talk about Sister Tawan. And we met on social media um, because of Sister Tawan and the work that she does with Inspired Youth. And through that, we actually, and, and I have to tie in Dawn, Dawn got us connected uh, when we were at the BDPA National Conference in Indianapolis. And, and lo and behold, she didn't realize we were there in Indianapolis, but when she found out, she came down to the conference, we met face-to-face. And Sister Tuan then told me about a wonderful, talented young lady, and we had a conversation, and us having a need here at Technology Expresso uh, for someone that was visual and a designer, a creative person, Anissa started working with us. And I just say, it's been at least over a year now, but we, we're so excited. And, you know, one of the things, Anissa, first of all, Tell our audience how old you are and what grades you are in. I'm 17 years old, and with this coming school year, I'll be in the 12th grade. So in the 12th grade. Now, you know, I want our audience to take that all in because I'm going to read to you a list of her accomplishments. Now, bear in mind, She's 17 years old and going into uh, her 12th grade year. But first of all, going back to third grade, back in 2006-2007, she was a top, she won a top reader award for reading 382 books. That and some people don't do that in a lifetime. So first of all, that was by the third grade. Fifth grade, she was a runner-up in the school spelling bee. 
and fall of 2012. Her poem was accepted to go in a book via the Creative Communications Poetry Contest. In all, she had four poems and one essay published with Creative Communications via different writing contests. Now, in July of 2013, she got her first article published in the Final Call newspaper, and since then she's had over 25 articles published. Next, November, December of 2013, she had three articles published in Hurt to Healing Online, an online magazine by Sister Ebony Muhammad. And you can go to hurttohealing.com to find out more about that. December 2013, she had her first interview on the Final Call News. That was her first, but she's had more since then. Um, January 2014, she became a moderator for an opinion-based website online, and that is the amirite.com. Am I am I pronouncing that correct? It's amirite. Okay. All right. Thank you. And now let me continue. January 2014 through 2015, she was the editor of Goddesses on the Rise newsletter. It's a creative um, newsletter by the Muslim Girls in Montgomery, Alabama. And January 2014, she started making flyers. Um, April 2014, started transcribing for Inspired Youth Conference Calls. Um, then she also started making flyers for Inspired Youth, and that was some of what caught my eye, some of those flyers that I started to see on Twitter and social media. She um, then became a member of the Nation of Islam in 2014. In um, July, she began describing for the Ramadan prayer line. And then it was November of 2014 when she started transcribing for us, Technology Express Radio. So a lot of our recaps of various shows, um, the different highlights and quotes that we do, it's thanks to her and um, her attention to detail listening to those shows, and then capturing some of the most poignant quotes out of those shows. Um, just recently, we've been running some of the um, quotes um, from the founder of the Pink Power Conference, and even Kim said, did I say that? She was, she was really impressed. So you really do a, a great job and impress people. Um, but let me continue. I'm not finished with her accomplishments. She also... Um, continue to work on a inspired youth application. And I want to talk about that a little bit more in, in detail. We're going to circle back around. But I still want our audience to still get the full breadth. In uh, March of 2015, she worked on the Inspired Youth website. And um, also in March of 2015, she wrote and published her first book, which is Escaping the Chain. In May of 2015, she became a semifinalist for the 2015 Inspirational Message of Peace Poetry Contest, and I got to see her and meet her in person and uh, just uh, last month or so at the, that ceremony that was in downtown Atlanta at the um, um, Ebenezer Church, where, as you all know, Martin Luther King preached, um, and they had a rose garden there, and um, again, she was one of the semifinalists for that contest. And in May um, 2015, she began writing um, for the journal, 
which you can find at thejournalsite.com. It's an online website dedicated to the empowerment of young women and girls. So first of all, you know, it takes your breath away just looking at all of your uh, accomplishments. And and so this tells me that starting in the third grade, you just have had a certain passion. When did you start having your passion for both, it looks like both reading and writing? What was, what, do you remember some of the early books that really um, made you excited about reading and writing? Well, I've always loved books, and a few years ago, my mother told me that I started reading when I was four years old, so, and some of my favorite books in my childhood, I used to read um, basically fantasies like The Magic Treehouse, The Baby School Kids, which were the mystery, because I love reading mystery, so... I just always lost to read, you know. But now that I'm older, I don't read as much fiction books. I read more informational books that I can use to help people and that I can use in my writing to help people. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is... And I can tell that something else that you're very passionate about is helping people, helping people to heal. And, and that is um, also so inspiring for someone of your age. And, and I love you spotlighting and talking to someone your age because people have different images. And, and sometimes being young, people can be, you know, um, off and thinking about other things that may not be as you know, deep or as heavy, but you really like to get into some of the the issues and some of the the concerns that you have. But I also like how you also are also have words of help and hope and and healing, and that's so inspiring as well. And I, I think about that when um, the poem for peace, and that's just one of many contests that you enter in. So when did you start? thinking in terms of entering your work in contests. What was the first thing that inspired you to, to enter in a contest? I first started, when I first started sharing my writing, because I used to just, like, write, but it's only on my computer. No one sees it. No one has an opinion of it because I never showed anyone. But then I started joining, like, writing websites to share my work. And from those websites, I'm evolved into searching up writing contests, and then I just started entering. And, and has that helped you over time? Did that help you with, you know, did you get over, you know, you know, were you apprehensive at first with knowing that other people and a lot of people might be reading your work and it might be out there? on the, the internet, was that um a little scary at first or were you were you was it not scary to you? That was a little scary and the biggest part about it is people copywriting my work because that's basically the biggest thing for someone to, you know, steal 
your your work and your words and use it as their own. But I soon got over that when the, the community, the writing communities online, helped me to get over that because I see other people sharing their words. You know, I read their words, their stories, their poems, and they were great. So they just kind of lifted me up and made me realize that I don't really have anything to fear, though people will steal your work, but not as, like, not as much as I thought they would, you know, and you cannot, and I can always get it copyrighted. So that's what I learned. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it seems like you know those who you know it, it's helping and touching so many people. And you know that's one of the things because again with technology espresso, we're all about how you leverage technology, the internet. And here's an example, you as a, a young person, and we, we often talk about it, your generation has, the, you know, the Internet and probably don't even quite comprehend. There was a time where there was an Internet where everyone didn't have a laptop or a computer at home. Um, it, was, it was very different. But I look at you and how you're leveraging um, the Internet, and you kind of touched upon something some parts of the Internet can be very scary, but at the other end, you know, it can be used to be very productive. And so even in your short kind of lifespan, you know, starting back with maybe the first contest that you entered being online you and even learning about these contests, that all came, I, I take it from, um, in some respects, having the, the computer, so in from your perspective in, in your young life, what what are your thoughts about, you know, computers and what's good about them and, and what's bad? I know you touched upon the one from a writing perspective, but for what you've been able to do, do you think that it's provided more opportunity, it's more good than bad? Absolutely. I believe that it is more good than bad because, the things that you can do on it, the things that you can create on it, you know, to benefit other people. And the main part about computers and the Internet that people don't like, mainly grown-ups or the older people, the older generation, they don't like social media because they feel that it's, an invasion of privacy, and they feel that there's just too much shared on social media. And sometimes social media is used in a negative way, but you can you can use everything in a positive way. The computer is just a tool. The Internet is a tool that, based on your mindset, you can use in a positive way to reach thousands, if not millions, of people. You are absolutely right. So well well said. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that we, we didn't even touch upon is that you don't go to a traditional school. And in some ways that the, the – so maybe let's talk about your school. Would you share with the audience 
Yes. So I go to an online school called K-12 International Academy. And the one I go to because we used, my family used to live in Marietta, Georgia, so they found out about that. And then we moved to Columbus, and the three girls, me and my two sisters, we had enrolled in Georgia Cyber Academy. And that what that is is an online school where you can access, you go to a website and you can access your courses, and your teachers can message you from the website. And they have a what's called Class Connects where they basically meet in an online classroom setting and you can interact with teachers and the students and they have a board to write on. They can like application share where they share different websites they found that can help the class out. They share like videos and information we need. And that's basically it. That is and, and you know, for for you it may sound like just uh you know, you you're talking about it like it's so natural, which and that is awesome because, you know, a lot of people can't fathom. They just think of school has to be a brick and mortar. And I go back to technology it's changing the game. It's changing the rules. It's providing access and an environment in a whole different way. So from your computer and how you described it, you get the same experience that, you know, someone who, whether they have to travel to school and whatever it takes for them to get to the building and whatever environment that building and atmosphere that building is in, that in and of itself isn't what determines quality education. And you're getting your education and clearly, you know, looking at your accomplishments, you are still engaged and you found your your passion and you're pursuing it and, you know, on top of winning contests and um, demonstrating your your talents, um, you're a young entrepreneur. And all of this is the through the access of the the computer, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question that some parents might ask: Do you spend how much time do you spend on the computer? Do you do you spend a lot of time? You've got school, and then you've got the the other things you work on. I do spend most of my day on the computer because that's basically where where I work at. Like I I'm helping a lot of people right now. Um, I have, I transcribe for you, of course, and I do various things for inspire youth, make cards, flyers for them, and sometimes, a, like a few other people, come up and ask me to do something, and I do it. You know, that's basically my laboratory, and that's where I have the <laughs> the Microsoft Word where I, where I write. My poems, stories, my poems, articles, and I use PowerPoint to, I don't know if you've seen, like, how I do my poems where I do a background on it, but I use PowerPoint right. to do those backgrounds. So, computer basically part of most of my life. 
<laughs> and, and that's funny. I like the way you said it's your laboratory. So, you know, it, you it's where you go to school. It is um, even how you set up your business, so to speak. It's how you connect with the Inspired Youth, the organization that you're engaged with. Um, so, um, you know, and it's how you reach people with messages, too. So it is um, it, it, on a lot of different levels. And then something that you talk, talked about, too, is because when you think of someone who likes to write poems and, and the whole creative writing, and then, like you said, you... Uh, have a way of visual, putting visual effects to go with your poems, and always very nice, very pleasing. Um, you know, you have a very creative side to you, and a lot of people think that there's a connotation that people who are on computers um, are techs and geeks, and they're nerds, and um, they're just, you know, introverts and binary but at the same time, there's so much from a creative perspective that you can do on the computer. And so and my question, let me ask you, do you consider yourself, because you're on the computer a lot, do you consider yourself kind of a techie? Or, you know, how do you, if, if you had to classify yourself? Well, I've never considered myself as a techie, you know. But I know a lot about computers. If someone wanted to need help with, you know, social media or working some kind of program, then if I don't know it, then I can probably most likely figure it out. And I type with my eyes closed. But I, <laughs> I wouldn't myself as a techie. I don't, I don't really have a category for it. And, and, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a great thing. And it's actually something, uh, one of the programs we did, uh, David and I moderated for BDPA Connect for the uh, BDPA Collegiate and uh, college uh, kind of students when we had a form here in Atlanta. And we like that kind of labels, you know, this generation, the millennials, are starting to get away from um, titles and labels because they're, they're not necessarily very helpful. So why do we have to put people in a category or use a label to, and maybe in some ways even make people feel intimidated or like it's a bad thing? Um, and I loved um, actually Kiana, Kiana um, someone that we've had on the show, um, and she said it well on the BDPA Connect panel is that it's not a matter of this generation um, now accepting the label of nerd or geek or making it cool. It's about doing away with labels altogether. Just accepting everybody, be who you be who you are. And I think that that is is you're a prime example of that as well. Is that you're creative, but I also hear how natural it is for you if something on the computer you said if you don't know it you'll just figure it out you're not intimidated or scared by that and I, I want to talk about the fact that you actually created an app um, you you started to work on the inspired youth app so talk about 
which part you had in helping create the app and how you approached it. So, when I created the app, I used the program, I think it's called App Marker and what's it's like a easy drag to drop and what's on the app is the calendar with the upcoming calls. Um I believe it has the Holy Quran on it. And it it has the social media, Twitter, YouTube videos. And what's unique about the app is that it's geared towards the youth because the organ the organization is inspired youth, so it's geared towards that audience. So, you, so you helped with designing and laying out, picking the different um, different um, functions that are in the app and like you said the the whole is it's created by youth and it's for youth and for them to have access to these types of things to find out when the inspire youth when the another event's coming up um you know and and different uh, announcements so um that's an experience in itself because so many young people they have phones or have smartphones, or are always borrowing their parents' smartphones. Um, They play with apps. They're downloading apps. They're buying apps. But a lot of them have no concept of the different components that are involved in creating an app or even designing an app. So you already already have some idea that now when you look at an app, you kind of probably start to look at it in a different way because you know, you know, what it takes and what the different parts and parts are. So that in and of itself is a very cool experience. With, and, and now you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to say that the app is basically like just a starter app for us, and we're trying to create a more developed app now. So... Just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> absolutely. And and that's you know what, that is you're absolutely right. And I'm familiar the the, the program, you can go out to the website. It is um app M A K R dot com or appmaker dot com. And there's other um uh, starter apps like that. And you know what? I think that they're intended for exactly like you said. They give you some idea of what the components of an app are. It's drag and drop, so you don't have to be highly technical. But then you kind of, once you get a taste of it, a lot of times you want to now take it to the next level, and you want it to do more things. And then whether you engage a programmer or you might even get the bug and want to learn how to code and program. Um, and, and that's how a lot of people start out and, and kudos uh, a lot of you who followed us on um uh Twitter you've seen that article that we've been uh highlighting too where the creator Lisa of the Purple Pocketbook she started coding at 51 
she had a passion and a notion, and she started coding at 51. So one of the things that I say about technology, computers, and the, even the programming field in general is that it's level, leveling the playing field, um, whether you're 17, whether you're in high school, even some as young as elementary, all the way to whether you're 51 and beyond, you can code. You can code as a hobby. You can code for fun. Or you might pursue and come and come up with an idea that is the next bestseller. You might end up on Shark Tank, uh, so, and and someone might be an investor might want to invest in your application. So you just don't know. There's a lot of opportunities, and and technology is helping to level that that playing field. Let's talk about something else. You worked on the Inspired Youth website. How is the app and the website different for people who may not know? You say how is it different? Yeah, when you develop, because you help work on the website and then you helped work on the app. So talk a little bit about how what it was like when you worked on the website. So the website is more complicated, but it's not that complicated when you have the right tools and this brother that I know, he kind of helped me out and guided me. And in the it's a program called Adobe Muse, and you, that's like a that's like a a website created for people that don't really know how to how to code that much. Although it does have a coding a coding space where you're able to, but I I don't really do much coding, so that's what I use. And you, like it has like all of the menu stuff that you can put on the website. Where at the menu when it says home, about us, so on and so forth. And I was able to with that program Adobe News. I was able to put different pictures put the contact us page, the shopping page, the blog page. But overall, creating the website is different from creating the app because it's a, it's like a whole it's a whole different program you have to use. But in Adobe News, I think you actually can create an app from the website you create. Like they have an app platform they also have a tablet platform create from the actual website. So it's a, it was a good experience, a learning experience. And I love the fact that you even just trial and error and that you're not scared to try new things um, and to try things that you are you outside your comfort zone. You're going to be writing for the most part, and we're going to talk about um, what you want to pursue as you go to college. But at the same time, um, creating a website, it's something that you'll always be able to say that, that you did, you tried, understand, and that if there's something else that you want to do in the, the future and you want to launch a, a, another website, maybe it'll be for your writings or for your cards, you know, you definitely have 
kind of that entrepreneurial mind, you can do that. And you're not intimidated to try or to find the programs that that will will help you. Um, so and that's something that, you know, for other young people, and, and I, I mentioned to you before we started the call that, you know, already at your age, you're a role model. And that's why we wanted to have you on the show you know, and spotlight you is other people need to hear your stories and hear stories of other young people and to listen to how productive and how you're using your energy in, in such a positive way. And, and do you, was it intentional or did it surprise you when I say that um, you're already a role model? Well, it kind of surprised me. But I know that the best the best way to teach someone is to be an example. So I'm glad that that's what I'm able to be. You absolutely are. You absolutely are. And maybe maybe you want to talk about who are some of your role models. I know that you have. There's some other writers in your family as well. So who were some of your role models? Well, when you speak about writing, then my grandma, she did used to write, but unfortunately I've never been able to read her writings, and she has Alzheimer's now. So I want to try and get a hold of her writings and put, you know, her poems, in a book so that her memory can be preserved, if not for anyone else, then just for my family. But my role models, my main role model is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because everything that I know and that I write about, I got it from him and his teachings and what he says from God. A few awesome. other models also is Maya Angelou and her poem How I Know How the Caged Bird Sings because she she really spoke to the struggles of not only black people, but minorities in the United States and people for people around the world. And another role model I have is Michael Jackson because through his songs, he spoke to people. He spoke truth, you know, like in his song, the Earth song, where he says that basically the they don't they don't get they didn't really care about the earth and how it's being restored. So those are two of my role models. Those are great ones and great icons. And, and you know, it, it's even refreshing, you know, someone your, your age to hear you talk about those, those role models and all of them, um, you know, it's, now shows where you are getting your inspiration and how you found in their writings, in their work, 
uh, whether it's the written word, whether it's spoken word, or in the case, like you said, of Michael Jackson, singing and videos, um, it's good sometimes to go back. Young people need to, to look back. And me growing up in the Michael Jackson era, um, I hope that no every generation will go back and just really listen to Michael's words because there was a lot of power in his, his words. So um, that that thank you. Those are some great answers. Um, and, and then now let's talk about, we talk about going back, and then sometimes it's good to go back in order to go forward. But let's talk about what's next. And um, you're going to be a senior, so you're going to be finishing high school. What's your aspirations? What's next? Besides graduating from high school, when I get to college, I want to major in journalism, and I don't really have a minor yet. I was looking at minors in animal sciences because I've always loved animals since I was little. And at first, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but as I got older, you know, I found out that I really want to be a writer, and that's my talent, that's my passion. So I want to major in journalism and after that, you know, start writing for a news a independent newspaper that doesn't tell all of the lies that most of the news sources tell. You know, I want to be able to write about the truth and about what's really happening around the world and how it's affecting us in America and what's going on in America, like all of the recent black, the recent police shootings of black people and even Hispanic people, other people, how they, the increasing amounts of brutality against us. And I want to just, counter that and speak truth to power. Absolutely. You know, it's it's very interesting, and I can imagine, especially for young people, that when you see some of the things that are on the news, it's even hard for adults that have, have lived uh, for, you know, a couple of decades, like myself. Um, but I can't imagine... Um, from your perspective, you know, being so young, your generation, and what you have to look forward to, and you're seeing some of the things that you're seeing on the news and some of the the trends. And interesting enough, I still have to talk about technology because when I see all of the videos, uh, how people are capturing with their camera phones um, so that people, so that the truth does come out. I think that the truth I mean, a camera phone um, have, is the new kind of lie detector. Uh, I've seen people come out with one story or spin a story, and then there's video to counteract exactly. it. And that's technology. <laughs> it, you know, that's, that's huge. And, and people, and that's why I said people who are afraid or intimidated by technology, I'll, I'll go back to your quote, it's how you use it. It all can you can use any tool, and uh, you uh, you know you articulated this, and I hope both young and old hear this. 
you can use this tool for good or bad, but it definitely has, um, you know, the images that we see. And then the other thing I want to point out, social media, I've seen where people have been able to galvanize and, you know, kind of generate activism and movement via Twitter in places. I may be all the way in Atlanta, but something that happens, um, whether it's in Indianapolis or Alabama or wherever it's happening, Florida, when I hear about it or I see that video, I can take some action or I can let, you know, through Twitter, my feedback and opinion known. And, and, and opinions can be very strong. Um, and we've seen that even, you know, with some of the, the trending topics, you know, and you can look at hashtag Black Lives Matter and one that I often retweet, which is Black Minds Matter, you know, it's also about education, uplifting, you know, getting people engaged in science, technology, engineering, arts, and math so that they can be productive, so that they can make, they can have careers, and they can have income, and all of that is also a part of what's going to lend to the empowerment as well. But I, I say all that because, again, you what you have, have shared tonight is so, there's so many key messages. And, and, you know, again, from your perspective and what you're seeing, again, from the, the trends, and like I said, some of them can be very scary, um, they, we wouldn't have the awareness without technology. So is there a message that you have for both, and, and I'll tie it to your book. Your book is Escaping the Chain. Can you share maybe one or two of the key messages and why people should, should get your book so that they can read it? I know you can't tell them everything in the book, but what's one of the main things you want people to get when they read your book? The main thing that I want people to get out of reading my book is knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and awareness of the time period that we are in now and what we must do to overcome the circumstances that we see manifesting in everyday life. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, the book is Escaping the Chains. What's the best way? Um, do you Can they get the book online, or will they be able to, at some point, um, be able to get the book online? The book is on Amazon. You can just search Escaping the Chains, and it should come up. And it's also, I have a paperback book, and also a Kindle book, so if you want the Kindle edition, you can just search the same thing and then just click on the Kindle version of it. And also, if you get the the paperback book, then you'll get a discount off of the Kindle book in case you want it both. So... Absolutely, absolutely. And they can look for it. It's Escaping the Chain, Anissa Muhammad, and it's A-N-I-S-A-H, Muhammad. And, you, and they can look for the cover. And the cover 
tell us who was the artist that created the cover for your book. My sister, she's 20 years old. She's an excellent artist, you know, like, sometimes I think it's a grown-up job on this, but she designed the cover in this of a black fist pointed, to, pointed up to the air, and the, it's surrounded by fire against darkness. Awesome, awesome. And I know you and your sister have collaborated before. I've seen a video that you all did as well. So just created, just a creative family, must it must run in your DNA. And, um, you know, uh, kudos to both of you at such a young age. And I know that you're already working on some more poems and some you're making some more chapters in the book. Tell us about the, the next book that you're working on. I'm working on some books of poems, one, a book of children poems, then a book of inspirational poems. And I'm also working on a chapter book about young teenagers who are out in the streets who don't know about themselves and they're just living life as if they're going to die tomorrow and then they make a gradual turn. They turn, they change their lives around, start living better. So I'm working on that right now. Excellent, excellent. Well, I know you have already done so much, and we, I really enjoyed talking with you for this last hour and with you sharing um, your passion and all the creative, create, creative things you you do, and I cannot say it enough. Thank you for all that you do for Technology Expresso. Um, thank you to Sister Tawan for introducing us. Um, thank you to your parents for raising such a wonderful young lady. Um, and someday I hope to meet your talented sister as well. And um, I just look forward to all of the great things that you're going to do, the people that you are going to touch, both seen and unseen. That's the beautiful thing on the Internet. You're touching and inspiring. And just as we, that's what we're trying to do with Technology Expresso. So we're happy to have this platform. And we look forward to touching base with you. Um, after, after you graduate and then after you get to college, we're going to be talking and, and, and keeping up with you and seeing uh, and talking about the, the world and, and hopefully as the people start to realize and wake up and um, really seeing some of the social issues that we see today, hopefully those getting resolved and, and it being just a better place for generations to come. But for now, we're about to wrap up tonight's episode. Again, thank you, Anissa, for spending this time with us. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all of the support that you've given me, and thank you for giving me this platform to speak. Absolutely, absolutely. You did it. You did an absolutely great job. And so I'm going to have our audience, again, continue to be on um, the lookout for this wonderful young lady um, and continue to um, stay tuned. You can continue the conversation with us. We'll be on Twitter right after the show. 
Um, and whether you're listening to the live show or if you're listening to the recording, feel free to uh, follow us. Uh, again, it's Techno Tech Expresso, just Tech T E C H E X P R E S S O L L C. Um, that's our hashtag uh, for Twitter. And now you can conveniently just go to technologyexpresso.com and you can see our gallery of pictures of the different events that we attend. You can see our e online newsletter, our written blog, and Anissa has contributed to our online um, uh, blog, our WordPress blog, so you can check that out. You also can check out updates from DMAGE. She's also contributed to that as well. And we'll also be online tonight um, tweeting uh, from the event here in downtown Atlanta, which uh, David is uh, attending. So we're staying active, staying busy, and it's just going to grow. Also, we're going to, we've got a lot of activity going on. We've got in August, we have not only the Pink Power Conference coming up, which we'll be at. Um, we also have the BDPA National Convention in D.C., August 18th through 22nd. We're also um, collaborating and working with uh, Pink Institute and the Pink Tech. Some great things um, launching off on that. Follow us with that. It's a lot to keep up with, but that's why we're here. We work for you to provide you with all of the events and activities and achievements of all things related to science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. But for now, I'm going to sign off and uh, have you listen to a couple of words from our sponsors, and then we'll say good evening. But first, a word from our sponsor. BDPA would like to thank Eli Lilly and Company, HP, and Johnson & Johnson for its generous platinum corporate sponsorship of its 36th annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Career Fair, August 5th through 9th at the JW Marriott in Indianapolis, Indiana. These platinum corporate sponsors not only offer exceptional financial support, but also participate in programs developed to enhance the technical and professional skills of the African-American community. BDPA is a nonprofit organization of students and professionals working in or having an interest in the computer science and information technology field. BDPA is proud to have corporate platinum sponsors like Eli Lilly and Company. Join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S. involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So join us from August 18th to 22nd, and you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, visit www.bdpa.org. Join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair 
at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math for the past 36 years. You've been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. Visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com for a full list of broadcast archives, social media handles, and upcoming shows. Keep up with Technology Expresso while on the go by texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. That's texting the word LAUNCH to 41411. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.